Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Um, good to see you. Good to see you all. There you are. Um, thanks to Josh for uh, holding in there last week because I'll tell you what, we had a throw up a thon here at the the Baker household just for the taste of it. Sponsored by Diet Coke. <laughs> we wish. Um, everybody had the stomach virus, and then I went to soccer practice the other day and found out like everybody, like all the families were sick. Um, so that's fun. But uh, welcome back to Revolution. Good afternoon, good morning, and good evening to all of you folks all over uh, this great planet. Um, So here we are. What's going on? Hope you guys are doing okay. Um, the world steam, still seems to be melting down, and uh, at least, you know, the United States, but uh, I watch the BBC, so I know some people over there, over the pond, are also going through a lot. Um, yeah, life is, life is really strange and, and, and uh, really tough uh, on a lot of people right now. Um, and I mean, it's so overwhelmingly so, uh, wild with everything that's going on. Um, I mean, gun violence and homelessness and, uh, just, uh, book bans and closing libraries and weird laws and everybody's got their opinions. And, and so it's just kind of insanity. Like the world is insane. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about, like, what do we do in a world like that today? Um, yeah, I was trying to think if I had any, any fun, fun news for you guys, uh, except for the fact that I've just been, been trying to dad and, and take care of the kiddos and they're on spring break right now, but they're with mom. So, um, but how about I get to go to a soccer game today? So I'm excited about that. Um, all right, well, here we are. Revolution. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for coming out. Uh, thanks for finding. Oh, I, I'm very caffeinated. I had a, you know, the McDonald's uh, coffee, iced coffee is cheaper than Starbucks. And it has about 500 more milligrams, I think, of caffeine in it. Because every time I take uh, a drink, take every time I drink <laughs> McDonald's coffee, I should not get a large. I'm like, I feel like I'm like, I'm alive. I have hope. And superpowers and then like as soon as service is over I'm like <laughs> the world hates me anyway um so between gun violence and politicians and all the cruelty out there in the world um you know what we try to do here is argue well and have tough conversations and not really try to take one side or another um of course, there's going to be leanings and things like that that's going to happen. But the fact is, is everybody's welcome here. 
um, no matter belief system or political system or uh, whatever it is, you know, um, it's all here. So uh, we're all here and we try to respect each other with, uh, with good conversations and, and good disag disagreeing well and respectfully. Um, but I'll tell you what, lately, and this is part of my talk here, as I've been really like feeling um, tired and frustrated. And if you're a parent, you probably get this where you sometimes you're just really exhausted and tired or, or if you've taken care of people, you know, even when they're sweet, you know, start like chewing or something like that starts to drive you crazy. You're just like a little thing that shouldn't bother you. You're like, Ugh. I remember right when my dad got out of prison, um, he used to chomp his cereal and he would make this round. I'd make this weird noise when he ate his cereal. And it drove me insane. But I remember thinking to myself, like, you know what? I'm glad he's not in prison. I'm glad he's not in prison. Let him chew. <laughs> and uh, so I don't think I ever told him to stop chewing. Uh, because when we, 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 we were, actually, it was really weird. We were roommates one time in, in uh in Los Angeles for like seven months, eight months. And we had separate rooms, but the kitchen was in my room. So I'd be like, ah. um, anyhow. Um, but so lately I found myself tired and frustrated with everyone's crap, everyone's shit. Um, I mean, anyone's opinion really has just like, it's like time for me to like step back a little bit from online and, and I've tried to do that because I've just been like, you know, like, it, you know, you'll see stuff and be like, well, let's go to the other side and look at that. And I'm just like, oh, everybody's making me crazy, you know? And I think there's just so much news and so much information and so much like negativity coming out right now uh, in the world and, 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 and so much suffering that it's just, it really gets overwhelming. And I think what bothers me is this, this, uh, uh, is how really awful we are to each other, you know, like really awful. And, uh, things, you know, all these things I don't understand why people do certain things that they do. And, you know, I could get into it and go on a list of things, but it, it just it, it's ridiculous. I mean, if you've been online at all over the past, I don't know, few months, you'd probably get it. Why it's so infuriating and so frustrating. Um, and, and I ask, and I, and I feel like I'm beating a dead horse with this, with Revolution, you know, because we talk about this a lot, but I feel like, I, you know, I'm really like beat this to death and I'm a broken record, but honestly, I don't think we can be a broken record enough on this type of thing and that if we really want to see some sort of change that we're going to have to continue to 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 do this but um when will we stop this like binary simplistic thinking you know this us versus them this this the loyalty to uh concepts or uh or our hoped for utopian society uh you know, ha has got to end. Like this idea of like, well, if just the 
Republicans, they could take and make us all safe, and you know, or the Democrats, if they would just control everything, we'd have a utopian society, you know, and then we're fighting each other over this idea that these people are that different. And I have a feeling a lot of us are being played and given crumbs from the table. Now, what some people don't feel like those are crumbs because they're big things, but for if you look at the majority of people, and the majority of people in this in the country, in the world, you know, are, are suffering and, you know, we still don't have health care. People are going homeless. I've watched, uh, I think, maybe a quarter of my uh, complex uh, people move out because they can't afford to live in affordable housing anymore. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's scary what's happening, you know, and that real issues, are, you know, aren't being tackled every day. And so we've got both of these sides with these kind of like dreams of if just the other side would win. And it's tough because I've said stuff like this online and things and people always wanted to like, it's weird to see how people are like dedicated to their, their uh, political group, like a, a team, you know, or even more like a God, like there's just no question and that they're the right and that this is, this is how it works. And it's scary. It's really scary because we forget the humanity of people who don't think like us and we become very close minded. And then in a way we'd go like, but we're also, some of us are the same people who are like, oh, I love the church because, you know, if I didn't think like them or subscribe to their ideas, I was out, you know? And what are we doing to other people? Like, well, we just have a broader ideas, but if you don't subscribe to my broader, cooler ideas, you're out. You know what I mean? Like, we're just trading exclusive clubs for exclusive clubs and, and, and pushing people out, you know? Um... You know, like I when I when I was fighting for LGBTQ stuff, a lot of my things was like, hey, you know, kids are becoming homeless, they're being kicked out of their houses and things like that. You know, so why should I be happy that people are like separating from their parents and leaving home because there's difference in political? Because oh, my parents are conservative and I can't stand them, so I'm cutting them out of my life. Like this kind of separation should not be the things that we're like celebrating either way. Like the idea is like, how do we have hard conversations? You know, not how do we, how do we divide each other? How do we hurt each other? Um, and so, like, I get it. Like, there, you know, there's a reason I, I voted Democrat my whole life. Uh, there's a reason, like, uh, when I fought gay rights, I was, you know, on the Democrat side. And I think they've done great things for the LGBT community, but I don't think they've done enough. And I don't think they've done enough for people, the poor people, hurting people and humans in this world and people of color and things like that. So I'm just saying like, and I also don't think the conservatives have either. The only thing the difference between the conservatives is, I feel like is the conservatives just tell us they're not gonna do anything. And then the Democrats go, oh, we're gonna do something. Or they go, oh, we can't do it because of the Republicans. You know, it's, it's just blame, blame, blame. And the point is, is this is a broken system in my opinion. And, it comes from philosophy and theology and reading and growing up in this world. And this is my opinion. It doesn't have to be your opinion. That's the great thing about revolution. We can agree to disagree. Um, and we can disagree well. But the thing is, you know, when will we get tired of being kind of gaslit into being loyal to these, to politicians? I mean, think about politicians. I mean, politicians on either side, just think like, you know, and then, you know, like, and it's not that I'm against politicians because I don't know what I was telling somebody the other day, like, I don't know what my price would be, you know, like if the NRA came to me and was like, hey, you know, we're just want to somehow 
support your, you know, your run for like $5 million and maybe give you some stock options and, you know, whatever, you know, we could do some things like that. <laughs> you know, I don't know, like what it would take to buy me off, you know, but I know that we should, we shouldn't be allowing this type of thing. So what I, the reason I, I wanted to express this frustration today is because um, there's Paul in Romans takes two different verses from the Psalms and puts them together. And it's a bit of a lament in Romans. And uh, it's in Romans 3. And I've really been like feeling this because I think there's times where, you know, we want to reject like uh, um, theologically, it's like, oh, are, are we all born sinful? You know, well, I reject that because we're good and you're happy and you should feel good about yourself. <laughs> um, but if sin is separation, like Tillich talks about, then um, we all deal with this. We all, we all struggle. We all separate from one another. We all judge each other. Um, yeah, well, my father is very conservative and made a, a coin that said, you know, Donald Trump on it and doesn't, hasn't spoken to me in three years. So I understand the struggle. You're not alone in this, these struggles. Um, I just saw somebody say something about, you know, how hard it is. It, it is hard. Uh, my father's cut me out of his life completely. And I don't know if it's because of my beliefs of LGBTQ people or my political leanings or my theological leanings or he just, or I'm just not, I don't know. So I understand. That's the thing is, is why I think why we're having tough conversations are good is because when I see something like that, people are like, well, what if this? I'm like, well, it is this. This is what we're all going through. We're all going through this together. You know, it's like a friend of mine's kids were in a school shooting the other day. It's like they're getting closer and closer. Like the, 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 this, this suffering and this hardships are getting closer, you know, um, and, and it's really tough. But so, so this idea is like, you know, instead of saying, well, if only these group was in charge or only these, you know, what we've got to do is we've got to learn how to be human again. Like, we all should be really worried that kids are dying. You know, we should all be worried about um, that. That should be number one. Like, I think we should all take a lot of our, 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 our heart issues and, and maybe go like, all right, you know, maybe not take all the guns away, but there definitely needs to be some sensible gun action, something like that. I mean, that's things like as human beings, we should be able to come together human and, 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 and worry about each other's lives and put each other's lives above an amendment or whatever, you know, like, because I was arguing with somebody the other day, I'll give you an example. And, uh, and they said, well, it's not guns, Jay, it's mental health. And I said, okay. I said, so why don't we set up something like, why don't you make, why don't they make it a law then that if you want to purchase a, a firearm that you have to be evaluated, have a psych evaluation, you know, maybe take six months, you go in a few times and you get that. And they didn't want that, you know? So it's like, well, you can't have it both ways. You know, we can't, you know, so, but there's gotta be ways to figure this stuff out. Trust me, there's got to be a way to figure this out. Um, um, so, Listen, a lot of you guys are here at this church because, in this community, because you've left other communities or you don't feel comfortable. I, I get that. I'm seeing a lot of the comments come up. Um, 
but what we're trying to do here is figure out ways we can argue well and change things. So this doesn't continue to happen to people over and over and over again. That's what we want to see. I want to see change in community. I would like to see the church simplify itself and maybe just be a group of people going to a bar or at a restaurant and spending time together and talking about life and what they're going through and how they're working through issues. I mean, I think we should, you know, I think less would be more at this point. So, so the idea here is, well, the reason this is called revolution is, is that we're trying to change things. You know, we want to change the world. We want to change the church. We want it to be a safer place. I want it to be a place that's less than people's business, to be honest with you. And that politics aren't, you can't say like, oh, if you, you know, the politics aren't God, you know, where maybe love is the idea. Love is the deal ideal that drives us. Um, so there you go with that. Um, and then I had another thing where I went on another, uh, somehow my, my, my Facebook decided I, I think a certain way and, and it was like throwing up this thing that I didn't agree with and it kept throwing up these ads about, um, I, it's not that I don't agree with it or agree with it. It was just something that just, I, I just thought was absurd because it had to do with like advertisement and you know, this the beer companies and all that crap. And I'm like, you know, the advertisers don't care about people. They care about money, you know, like most corporations don't care. And so I went in and I was like, I saw somebody say something really wild. So I was wondering, well, hey, what if we took this type of energy and put it towards like workers' rights or like making our phones less harmful to children who have to mine for the chemicals that make and, and, and the products and the, 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 the type of things that make our phones. Like, what if we made the working conditions safer? Like, what if we put that type of energy behind that? You know, we're making sure Nike's doing the right thing. You know, like all these things. Like, what if we were doing something that really mattered rather than like, you know, some corporation's advertisement strategy? And the weird thing was, is they just shut me down. And all of a sudden, all these, like, I was getting, like, their, their Facebook page was coming up literally every other thing. I was like, this is so weird. And I said those two things, and within five minutes, it all disappeared, and I realized I'd been blocked from this thing. And I wasn't arguing angrily or anything like that. I was just saying, like, hey, here's some other ideas if we put this type of energy towards stuff. Now, this is the crazy, this is not the one, I don't want to say it's crazy, but this is the wild thing here is that, you know, they shut me down. And what I started to think was the danger here isn't creating an echo chamber. And we see this happen a lot in churches and a lot in communities. I've seen it happen on, in right conservative communities and left communities. I've seen, you know, where people have been like, you know, we're, oh, we're fighting all against all these conservative pastors. And then all of a sudden you have to join their book, their group, and then you get in their group and then it becomes toxic and then they go after each other. And I've seen it where, I've seen conservatives do this on an even bigger stage because that's how I grew up, you know, with these kind of like ignoring what's happening in the world and just kind of like no one disagrees with the pastor and the pastor goes, oh, I must be hearing from God all the time. But it creates this echo chamber. And so when we're unable to have disagreements or ask questions or have arguments, it gets really, really bad. You know, that's why it worries me like when I, you know, seeing kids, like seeing those young men kicked out of, Congress in Tennessee. I mean, thank goodness they're back. But just the fact that there's not even room for dissent, there's not room for questioning authority and things like that. And I felt like that a lot in my high school as a kid. I went to high school in Orlando, Florida, and especially in that public school, like 
there was no room for dissent. And I felt that same way when I was in my private school in Florida before that, <laughs> that there was zero tolerance for dissent, but it was like asking questions were very frowned upon. And so where do we get to a place where we're not offended or angry by questions that might not, that, I mean, if we're threatened by questions, then there's something that we're not sure about in our own thoughts, in our own life. I saw this thing the other day. I'm gonna keep ranting because that's what I do. Um, you know, I saw this, this, this guy, Dan, who I really like, uh, Dan McLaren, McClellan or McClellan, I think, is it? Dan McClellan, who, who does uh, biblical scholarship. And he showed this video of this guy who was talking to this Christian woman and he, this, this, this atheist guy was saying, there's 15 religions that came before Christianity that are just have all the same things. They have the virgin birth, they have the walking on water, they have the miracles, and they have all this stuff. And so it goes to Dan, who's a scholar, religious scholar, and goes, and he goes, no, this isn't true. Now, what's really crazy is, is when I was doing revolution in the late 90s, early 2000s, um, and that neo-atheism thing, that really like popular new atheism thing was happening, a lot of people would come and argue this with me. And at the beginning, I didn't realize if, I didn't know if they were, they were right or wrong. I was like, oh, are there really 15 other religions that are exactly the same as Christianity that came before? Not 15, I don't think they used 15. I think I would have gotten along to that. But they're like, don't you know this religion and that religion? And to find out like, yeah, there's religions that have virgin birth or there's religions that have healing, but there's not religions that are recorded to have two of those things together. You know, and I was like, oh, but I was living in such a world that I was outside of that. And then when that world broke in, I wasn't even thinking about it, you know? And so now being more open to things, hearing other people's opinions, learning from other people, reading about atheism, reading about biblical history, even when it gives come to conclusions that don't make me happy, you know, that makes me more human and more able to understand these things. But instead that new information kind of shook me. I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, because it I mean, basically just saying like, oh, these are just traditions that get passed down and turn into other religions and it's all fake and God is a lie and blah, blah, blah. You know, and I'm like this young pastor being like, oh no. <laughs> and it wasn't true. But I bought it as truth for many years. You know, I thought, well, there must be, and I've even had educated people who I knew who'd, who'd gone to seminary and things like, like, tell me the same thing, you know? And until I finally like saw Dan and then looked into it for myself, you know, and going like, oh. So when we, you know, so even when we create a bubble to protect ourselves, new information could come in and shake us. Like we should really, that's, I, I encourage community to be outside of just the regular world and that we have tough conversations and that we argue well and learn about what other people's opinions are. Like if there's opinion that you disagree with that really shakes you, maybe look into it because maybe it is there's some either medium ground there or maybe you're wrong and maybe that's what worries you. You know, I mean, there's times to like look into these things. I'm not saying you have to put yourself in harm's way and have to go talk to your, I'm not saying go talk to your abusive, you know, racist grandpa or anything like that, you know, but what I'm saying is, is you know, start out small though, you know, thinking differently, you know, reading books that might not be the ones that you completely agree with. I'm not saying you have to go out and buy, you know, uh, I don't know, Jerry Falwell's autobiography or something, but you know, just little books or little things or just, engaging in thought and, and, and learning to grow. So what I wanted to read with my frustration, <laughs> which seems a bit much now that I've gone on a little rant that I have lost steam, but 
is a verse that I always thought was a little bit harsh, but right now um, is is uh, one of those one of those one of those things is kind of I kind of related to a little bit today, and this is a. This is Paul quoting, I think it's from Psalms 14 and then one of the Psalms in 53. Uh, I think the two Psalms that Paul puts. See, sometimes Paul takes verses, and Jesus did this too, like they'll leave something out or they'll add something. And some people would call that cherry picking if you and I do it. But if Jesus and Paul do it, oh, it must be inspired. Um, (laughs) Interesting. Um, so Paul here says, uh, what then, are we better off, this is Romans 3, 9, no, not at all, for we have already charged that all are both Jews and Greeks are under the power of sin as it is written. So he's saying both Jews and Greeks or Jews and Gentiles, things like that we talk about. There is no one who is right, not even one. There is no one who has understanding, There is no one who seeks God. All have turned aside together. They have become worthless. There is no one who shows kindness. There is not even one. Their throats are open graves. They use their tongue to deceive. The venom of vipers is under their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery are their paths. And the way of peace they have not known. There's no fear of God before their eyes. So this is Paul, and he goes, now I know whenever the law says it speaks of those who are under the law, so their mouths may be silenced and those who are world of... Anyway, the whole point is Paul saying, this is true of all of us. And if you don't believe this, and I get it, but there's some people... When they see you come, they may go, oh, they may cringe, you know. Um, I've had friends who are like, that was the thing is I remember like early in my, my career because I, when I was a young person, I would became like completely Democrat before I could vote and all this stuff. And everything I saw growing up was like, Ugh, you know. And so I would hang out with, you know, I ended up hanging out with, like, I ended up working with a lot of conservative folks who are great and genuine loving folks, to be honest with you. And I ended up hanging out with a lot of progressive folks who were also nice and wonderful people. But there were times where I realized that I could not, there were lines or things I could not say or could not cross that became conditions. And I've always been tried to, like, want to care about people unconditionally. And all of a sudden I realized, and some might say boundaries, but these were a little more to do with politics than anything else. And I, I started to see these people who became very legalistic in their political beliefs on both sides. And I was a little bit more survived, surprised about the left because I thought, oh, that's the church thing. That's a conservative thing. Only those guys are, those are the guys that do that crap. And these are the guys that don't. And that's why I'm hanging out with these guys. And then realize, oh, no, they do the same thing because it's kind of human nature to want to have some sort of law and some sort of thing that we feel good about. Um, and it just became, I realized that some groups were stricter and some groups were less. Even in like a 12-step program, there's some people who are like, super legalistic, big book thumpers, and the other people who are a little more open and, you know, a little more loosey-goosey. And, 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 and you find what works for you in the 12-step programs. 
But the fact is you can find legalism in every system, you know. And I think we often leave the church because of this, like, this restricting system that doesn't allow these certain things. But do we go into a more liberal system and then become the gatekeepers there? You know, and then we become these gatekeepers who are all of a sudden telling people, oh, you can't belong, you can't have, you can't do that, you know. And, and then we, you know, they, uh, you know, ostracize people, we cancel people, you know, whatever. It all becomes these things where we're throwing each other out. Now, the why I say this is because depending on your view, where you're standing, legalism, by any other name, still feels the same. So for some people on the conservative side, they feel threatened and scared because of us liberals. They think we're going to just, you know, make everything legal and whatever, and we're not going to do anything. I don't know, you know, and then we're going to take their guns away, and then the government's going to take over or something like that. I'm not sure exactly. Um, and then there's us folks who are like on the liberal side. We're like, oh, you're going to make, we're just going to make guns everywhere and no abortions and you're going to lock up our LGBTQ brothers and sisters and, you know, only the poor will pay taxes, you know. So we got all these like really crazy ideas and we get scared, especially during voting season. And you're the bad guy and you're the bad guy. You know, rather than sitting down and just realizing like, how do we be more human to each other? How do we live and let live? You know, as far as I'm understanding, like all this stuff is like how we treat each other and can be seen as each other as like venom off of our lips that we bring ruin and misery in their paths. So I'm sure like maybe times when I would go visit my dad and be like, dad, I don't think what you're saying is right. You know, he didn't see that naturally as like a good conversation. He may have saw that as an attack. You know, that's honestly, I've worked a lot through my therapist to kind of figure out why my dad doesn't want to talk to me. And that's all I could think of is that maybe like me speaking the truth to him really hurt him and hurt his, you know, his ego and he's just not used to that because he's kind of got himself in a bubble. I don't know. But that was the type of thing. And so he would be hurt and pull back. I don't want, because Jabe says things that aren't nice. And it wasn't that I was like, Dad, I don't want you to be around. It was like, Dad, I want to help you. And when I, in fact, one of the last times we talked, I was trying to help him and defend him against this like group called Christian Right Watch who just seemed to be like attacking him like insane. Uh, and I was like, I was calling them saying like, hey, have you checked this? Have you looked into this? Have you tried to talk with them? You know, I was trying to help. Um, but it, it, it's, it's tough. So sometimes this is what people see. And so I think it's, it's safe to say if we jump over to Romans, uh, a Romans uh, I'm going to jump over to Romans 3.21. We're going to hop around Romans just a little bit. Rome won't be here all day, but just a little bit. Um, now, one of the things I want to look back at is if you followed along with us on, if you listened to um, You Are Accepted by Paul Tillich, which Pete Rollins read a couple uh, talks ago at Revolution for us, and we did a two-week, uh, two-part two part series on um, You Are Accepted by Paul Tillich. And in that talk and in Tillich's theology, he talks about sin versus grace and how sin, he sees sin, and I agree with Tillich on this, is sin is separation, and it's separation from others. Oh, <laughs> so you know, and and sin is separation from ourselves. And <laughs> I'm making a weird face. I'm sorry. I look like a muppet today. Um, and the ground of being, which that's what he calls God. And so sin is these separations. Now he says grace is reunion. Grace is reunion with ourselves and reunion with the other and reunion with God or the ground of being. 
So, bum bum bum, where are we going? <laughs> yes, I just saw something about peace, siblings. Yes, peace. You know, uh, peace so we can, you know, we can disagree. It's okay. It's okay. We're grown-ups. We can disagree. You know what? Sometimes when I disagree with somebody, if it's not that important, I just shut the hell up and eat. If it's kind of uncomfortable, sometimes I'll run to the bathroom. And then I'll come back and see if they're still talking. Um, <laughs> and other times, I'll say, hey, have you ever thought of it like this? And not everybody's ready for that, but it's okay. You know, people... We can then say, hey, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. I'm just part of a community where we try to discuss things that we disagree with in a non-threatening way and maybe open up a new door for them. You see what I'm saying? Um, so we've got sin, which is separation, and grace is reunion. And so why I want to do that is I wanted to look at Romans 3.21 in that light. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been disclosed and is attained by the law and the, by the law and the prophets, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For all who believe, for there is no distinction. So he's saying, there's, remember, the, and, and if you went through Galatians with us, there's no distinction. There's neither male nor female, no Jew, no Gentile, slave nor free. Um, we're all one in Christ. There's no Democrat or Republican. We're all one in Christ. Um, not even Green Party. What? <laughs> we're all one in Christ. Those things can come underneath us, right? Um, but listen to this in 23. Since all have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God. So all have sinned. All have experienced separation. So separation from God, separation from ourselves, and separation from each other. Um since all have sinned, all fall short of glory of God, they are now justified by his grace, by Christ's grace, as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And how I see this is it's saying, you're separated, but you have the grace. You, have, you, are, re, you, are, you are reunited with God, and then you have the ability to be reunited with yourself and united with others. You can or you can't, but you are reunited through grace. And the idea of grace is, is grace doesn't come in and say, I'm going to push my beliefs on you and I'm going to push my convictions on you. Grace just comes in and says, you're accepted. And what it does is allow you to learn who you are and what your convictions are and what your feelings are. And that might be Christianity. It might be leaving Christianity. I mean, I, you know, I know people who that's been who leaving Christianity, walking away from church and Christians has been extremely positive in their life. I, I can't lie. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and be like, oh, I've never seen that. Because <laughs> the church is the magic bullet and we cure everything. You know, I'm not going to lie. I've seen people who are better uh, out not being <laughs> confessional Christians <laughs> or not being any type of Christian. Um, that when they were Christians, they were hell on earth. And now that they're like, oh, I don't really know if I believe in that anymore, Jay. Oh, you know, and they're doing their thing. And I'm going like, well, you're a lot nicer. That's strange, right? Um, so it says, you're justified by grace, a gift through the redemption that is Christ, whom God put forward as a sacrifice atonement by his blood, effective through faith. He did this to show us his righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had. Now, we're not going to get into like, uh, I mean, we just read that, but I'm not going to get into like, did Jesus have to die or anything like that? I think that's a talk for another day. The over there, uh, but uh, listen to this a bit. 
Because he, in his divine forbearance, he had passed over the sins previously committed, it was to prove at the present time that he himself is righteous and that he is justified by the ones who faith in Jesus. Now, I remember reading that verse one time at a really big music festival, all these leaders from these different music festivals, actually. And I read this, that he passed over sins, those who sinned, in, who, who sinned in previous times, and they all hated that verse. They, they did not like it. They were uncomfortable. They were coming up with every other way to say, like, no, Jay, you're translating that wrong. I'm like, well... Well, then if we're, if we're held accountable for our sins now and they weren't before Jesus came, I'm like, is this not, how is this good news? And went over this whole thing and asking these questions. I mean, I was a early 20s and, and ready to, to fight. Now I'm just like, I don't want to fight, but I'll, I'll disagree well, but I don't want to fight. But I had, ready, I had a lot of fight in me. And man, they were not happy with that. Oh, Jay, you caused too much trouble. And I was like, this is just literally a verse like I read out loud at the thing. It goes on to say, then what becomes of boasting? Is it, it is excluded by the law, by that of works? No, but the law of faith, for we hold on to the person is justified by faith apart from works prescribed by the law. So there's no need for us to brag or boast. What we realize is I am who I am. I gotta be me. But if I gotta be me, I also have to respect that other people might need to be themselves as well in order to find some sort of reunion in their life. And that reunion might be looking at different faiths. That might be looking at different political ideas or different thoughts. Um, how do I disagree with someone at the same time allowing them to be human? You know, how do I have passionate conversations with someone at the same time allowing them to be human, but also helping them to see others human, those especially that they may hold as others? And that's another thing I've tried to do in my work, and I think Dr. King did in his work, Gandhi did in his, I think a lot of great leaders have done is allowing other people to see others as human. I think when Jesus came, Jesus often would sit down and talk to people, like, you know, the story of the woman caught in the midst of adultery, or the, you know, the woman at the well, and was allowing them to be humanized, was humanizing them, not, not othering them, saying, well, here's the other, but guess what? The other is just like you. It has the same fears, it has the same ideas in life, wants to live life, wants to be able to pay bills, take care of their family. You know, there's things here, you know. Um, there's reasons here not to destroy each other and be so divided because this country is divided, completely split, and it's, it's really become just a horrible place, and both sides have gotten so legalistic with, like, rules and regulations that if we don't learn to be like, nope, I'm tearing, I'm, I'm digging a tunnel under the wall, folks. Like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Like, I, there's, you know, I got to learn more, and I got to, humanize people, and we're never going to see eye to eye if we villainize each other all the time, you know? And it's going to take strength to do that. And, and, and what I want to talk about is in this next part is, is part of that and why I, kept, why I want to read five, and I also want to read a bit of James today, which is really weird because, you know, Paul and James seem to have some different, some different issues and seem to not always see eye to eye, but I, I found a place that Paul and James... <laughs> definitely share the same same thing, eye to eye. And this is what I think, for a lot of us, this is what it's going to take for us to grow and live in this situation. Um, one more time, I just want to go back to what I read in Romans where it says, you know, there is no one who is righteous, not even one. There is no one who is understanding. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned aside together. They have become worthless. There is no one who shows kindness. There is not even one. And what I'm saying is, and I don't know if this is what Paul was going on with his frustration, but in my frustration right now, that's how I felt. 
Like I haven't felt like there's like, you know, uber duber, liberal, sweet, nice person comes along and says, well, Jay, here's a good opinion. I've been like, I don't like your opinion either. And I don't like your opinion either. I don't like anybody's opinion. Matter of fact, you probably don't like the fact that I just said the F word. Blah. You know what I mean? Like I'm done. Like everybody's making me mad. Like, you know, like, because I feel like there's this like veiled meaning behind everything. And then you go like, okay, I need to step back, step back from the social media. Take your kids out and go play, play soccer, do something, breathe, read a book. Don't let this all drive you insane, but it can. And so uh, hopefully one of the things that some of you are listening today is like, I'm here to say like, I get it. It gets to the point where we don't even like, we don't even like the news we agree with. You know, we're just like, just shut up. And now we're in a world where we have to have the boundaries of turning these things off as well. Um, one of the interesting things, is, oh, so a friend of mine gave me a, um, gave me a, uh, a Paul, well, it's Paul, not it's Paul Smith, you know, one of the, uh, you know, I'll talk about it later. It's, it's a shirt, but it, we'll, we'll talk about it later because it, it was an interesting confusion for somebody the other day. Um, let's look at this. Let's look at like what it's going to take for us to have these tough conversations together. Um, Romans 5, uh, Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God. So, you know, so what it's saying, it's talking about grace. And so we kind of have like, we have this reunion with this God or with the ground of being. I like ground of being because it's not this like being floating in the sky. Um, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. We boast in our hope of sharing, but we also boast in our suffering, knowing that our suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So the idea is if grace is really this reunion with self and reunion with others, and if this is something that's going to happen, what we're going to have to learn, though, is this idea of endurance and when we suffer and how do we endure. Now, you might say, well, Jay, I, I'm tired. But you do endure. You do endure with the fear of bills. You do endure with how, oh, God, we have to pay taxes. You do endure with, oh, this news, oh, this event, oh, this person, oh, this job. There are moments in our lives where I think we can all find areas that we really do try our best to endure through things. Even our own like our own voice sometimes might be very harsh on us and we have to like shut those voices off, those negative voices inside, you know, um, because we've had to endure them for so long. But by enduring them, we've learned to shut them down or have quite, there's, there's certain ways that we've learned to do this. But what I want to say is endurance is very important in the fact that if we are going to love each other and we are going to argue well, you know, we have to learn to endure certain things and not be reactionary all the time, you know, and not need to be right all the time. Um, you know, not need to put a caveat every time we do something. You know, I remember when people used to say like, oh, I really like that Jay Baker. I don't agree with the gay thing that he says, but I really like that guy. Or, you know, or they would be like, oh, you know, oh, I really love Jim Baker. I mean, I don't agree with all that crap he did, but I really love it. You know I mean? It's like, you don't have to add that every time. Because really, when you say that, it just really just takes the steam out of everything else. Like, you don't have like. I really, you know, I really like Martin Luther King, but I don't like the fact that he had an affair. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to say that. Like, we, the, the, 
as human beings, we should learn to under, well, what about that affair? Like, well, you know, we all freaking make mistakes, you know? I don't think it's great, but you know what? We all live and we all learn and we all don't do great things, you know? And if we tried to, you know, enjoy a human being's writings or work that did that was mistaken less this we wouldn't find one even jesus was you know could be angry and mean to people at times of things where i thought oh that seems a little bit harsh so i don't think we're going to find anybody perfect you know and he sat with the unclean which would have been made him ceremonially unclean so you know if we really want to pick for like i really like that jesus except for you know hanging out at the gentiles house before before resurrection you know what i'm saying i mean i don't agree with that you know that would be the type of thing that we constantly have to do so what i'm saying is, is what we do is we learn to just endure and shut up and don't worry that i'm going to think that you know oh maybe you liked <laughs> that one part that's really controversial about that person you know like wait to see if that comes up um It's another thing that I used to see with my parents is people would come up and be like, I really hated you. I mean, I wanted to stomp on your head. I hate it. I thought you were everything wrong with Christianity, but I've forgiven you and I love you now. Like that whole like, knock him down before you tell me you're And I know, I, I kind of, I used to do that all the time to people, especially I did that once when I met with Jerry Falwell. So I get it, you know. You'd be like, I just need to heal me a little bit before I forgive you. Um... But this idea of endurance. And what I thought was interesting is in, in the book of James, um, in James 1, James says the same thing. Uh, in James 1, 2, it says, My brothers and sisters, when, enter your, when you enter and you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may mature and complete, lacking in nothing. And I think what the, both of these things are saying is, is that maturity and learning to deal with one another and learning to learn to endure helps us love people better. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful, endures. It endures through every circumstance. But we have to kind of learn endurance and, and, and work on endurance if we aren't able to, you know, if we want to endure, if we want to love people, endurance is part of it. I always, I used to say that all the time. Like, man, if you want to learn to endure, just try loving people. Just try loving everybody. Don't just love your enemies, love other people's enemies. And then you'll be their enemies. And then you might be the enemy's enemies. And you're going to really learn to endure. And it's a really fun game to play. And I would try to, I would like to say that this isn't possible, but I, I think there is, a, it is a possibility. I think I saw my mother do this most of the time. I saw very few people that she was extremely angry at, and I never knew a person that she wasn't willing to forgive, ever. And I know there might have been a few people like Falwell who she had to forgive a few times, but I saw her live this way and love this way and care this way. So I know it's not impossible, and I know that this is, but this is something that we desperately need. Or I, you know, I think we're, we're already in like a civil war of the mind and of the mouth with how we treat each other. I mean, let's just hope it doesn't get more violent than the world is violent right now, you know? So this idea of endurance and learning to grow um, is important. I'm going to end with Romans 8, um, 35, because I want to talk about this idea of, 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 of grace as reunion and the idea of sin is separation, okay? 
And so what I'm trying to say is that maybe if, if sin is really separation, I want you to look at this really hard. What are the things that are causing you to separate from other people? And does that feel like it could be, like, could that be the sin? Could sin be something that we never really thought about in another way? That, and rather than being like, it's dirty movies and, you know, sneaking a, you know, stealing a candy at the store, you know, or whatever. Um, that if it's really separation from each other's humanity and from ourselves, um, then we're going to have to rethink everything as far as religion is concerned, especially Christianity, we're gonna to have to rethink how we do this and how it works. And I think it's, 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 I think it's time. I think it's time, folks. We're, we're completely divided. We have Christians on both sides, so it's not like we have one, just Christians on the right or Christians on the left. But there's these things, these, these idols, these gods that we have created, that we made up and that we elected and that we put there have become idols and uh, makes you understand the book of Kings a little bit more, am I right? Um, but Romans 8.35, I think, sends this one home, and we'll seal up the envelope and put a stamp on it. Um, and it's funny because I was like, I hate always like being the cherry picker preacher because I do that a lot. But it's great about Romans is like Paul just basically goes on and says the same thing over and over again to try to convince us of different ways to say and convince us of the same thing. And the next, and those first verses in between, mostly, and I'm sure there's a few nuggets of difference in there, but there's a lot of that like, well, what I mean is when he's trying to define like Gentiles and Jews can be together and what the law is and that we're free from the law and all that stuff. So, uh, Romans, uh, 8, 35 says, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or a sword, which would be any type of like physical violence, as it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. And at those times they were really going through that. Paul was one of those people who persecuted Christians like that. Um, we are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. And I want you to look at this way of not of like, oh, you know, mourner way, but like with people who think differently than us, we often are like really seen as sheep to be slaughtered to each other. Like, I mean, I watch so many people just like, I watch a lot of my really smart progressive brothers just tear apart conservative Christian. Just tear them down, make fun of them. Like, that's what their whole social media thing is. And I'm like, man, you guys are like theologians and like philosophers. And like, I didn't get that formal education. You've got this formal education and all you're doing is spending it like tearing other people, tearing the side down. I, I don't, you know, and I know like I, I'm all for one for having a joke and having a wink, you know, uh, especially like my old denomination of the Assemblies of God that my parents grew up in or I'd like, you know, I give neo-Calvinists a hard time. Um, a lot of the times, but like when it's just like this constant, like hammer, 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 hammer. And it's as though you just see these people as like these dumb sheep, you know, and, oh, and, and then, oh, but somehow I've got the truth. And to me, it just reminds me of like being a kid and seeing the, you know, the old white guys being like, we're the old white Baptists and we've got the truth and you kids don't, you know I mean? That's, it just feels like it's just reverse. Now the kids are being like, nope, we've got the truth and you don't, you know, it's like a children's book or something. It, it's bizarre to me. Um, and, and it's still separation. 
So for my good friend Paul Tillich, who also had his own issues in life, but it's separation. And this is a man who was kicked out of Germany by the Nazis. So he knows something about separation and strange separation. But it's sin, is what he says. So who will separate us from this love? Hardship? No. Distress? No. Persecution? No. Famine? No. Nakedness? No. Or peril or sword? I always have this fear of being homeless. So when he says, you know, uh, famine or nakedness or peril, I think, oh, that's always kind of like a thing that haunts me for some reason. It always makes me like, I have like this little fear I have in the back of my mind. Um, you know, but not even that. Not even your worst fears. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. For you are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. Um, now we just do it, we continue to do this in the name of Jesus now. Anyway, and we've become the best at separation, unfortunately. But it's time we look at this in a serious way. Like, yeah, the church has really been about separation for too long. And that's why I said maybe the church needs to just rethink and be like five people at dinner. Um, no, and all these things, we are more than conquerors. My mom loved this verse. Through him, she loved being more than a conqueror. Who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, I'm going to go ahead and add this, nor theology, nor political beliefs, <laughs> um, and he says, nor angels, nor rulers, no rulers, oh, there's some politicians, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, <laughs> nor depths. So, you're, so you can fly now. We can fly. Christians can fly. Um, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, I like in the New Living, it says, neither the gates of, nor the gates of hell um, will separate us from the love of God. And so what this is saying is that grace is this great reunion for us and that we've been reunioned with either God or the ground of being or love or whatever you want to call it has been reunited, boom, and nothing's going to separate us that. So we can't sin it away. There's no sinning in a way. But the sin is in when we separate ourselves from others or when we separate ourselves from ourselves. And I think there's always going to be some emptiness that we'll live with. I think there's always going to be the lack which is a, 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 a philosophical term and also a psychological term of kind of this emptiness inside that, that I think um, I've often talked about before where, where I feel like uh, the idea of capitalism saying that we can be completely happy tries to fill. I think it's human to have some sort of lack constantly. And, and I think that, 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 that it's almost Christ-like to, to live in something where you're not, you know, there's always maybe something with... You, you know, we have an unconscious that we don't connect with. It's just, it's full. I, 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 maybe I'm reading too much Freud, which I, I think also was someone who wanted to help us understand each other better and maybe live in a world where we weren't so ostracized from each other. Um, but, but here's the idea is that none of these things will separate us. So, you know, we've got to learn to endure. That's the thing. We've got to learn to endure and grow. And... Um, yeah, someone just wrote, I don't know if happiness is our goal here. Neither do I. I don't think it is, to be honest with you. I mean, um, I like happiness. It's a good good place to be. Um, honestly, I'd really just come and I'd just like to be alone and just quiet and read. 
Um, but helping others find peace is why I, I exist. And to maybe make this world a little bit tiny better than I left. You know, my mom did it, and I was grateful to be a part of that. So maybe we can do it. Um, anyhow, I wrote my last note here. So there it is. We are, that's today for you guys. Um, let's try to learn to endure and have tough conversations, continue to beat this thing and uh, learn to love each other more, uh, disagree well and uh, see what comes after that. That's the thing is like, I can't say like, I've seen the future. <laughs> um, Oh my God, I saw somebody say they love that quote from Ice-T. I follow Ice-T and he's got so many amazing quotes sometimes and he has this thing called the ice cold truth. It's really cool too. Um, but yeah, so, but I think if we want to continue to move forward, we've got to learn to, 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 to do this more. But I want to say, I guess for me is what I'm, I'm trying to say is like, you're not suffering alone. And like, I totally agree with like, I feel, I feel like I'm at that part with Paul in Romans 3, where he's like, nobody's good, everybody's got freaking poison on their lips, everybody's crap, you know. Like, I feel that I'm there, and I'm still working on it to, to not always be there and learning on ways to not always be there. Um, but I do want this community to be a part of the change, uh, the change that we really want to see, and I think we can make things better. I mean, yeah, different and better, um, but there's a lot of work ahead. Thanks a lot. Hey, listen, if you like what we're doing, you can go to revolutionchurch.com and there's a support button and you can support us financially or you can share just like what we're doing and let people know like um, retweet what we're retweet the talks, uh, put them on your stories and your talks, uh, you know, uh, share the talks and your stories on Instagram or on your Facebook stuff. Let people know what we're doing. That would really help. And uh, I appreciate you all very much. Uh, and, and we'll talk next week. So have a good week. And um, yeah, be nice to somebody. Be nice to another. Be nice to someone who's another this week. See how that goes. All right, folks. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.